Father, thank you so much for your goodness and your kindness, and Lord, that you that you love each and every one of us. And so I ask that you just speak to each heart. Lord, I thank you for each one that's here, and I ask that you bless their families. Lord, help us to understand and see ourselves as you see us. Help us to understand our great value and our worth from your perspective. So erase any lies we may have believed and impart your truth. And I just ask that you just speak through me to each one listening. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week we talked about waking up to who you are. And I shared just a bit of my, my own personal journey of, of how I didn't see myself the way God saw me. Um, we talked about the scriptures in Isaiah. There were a number of scriptures in Isaiah that we looked at about how we have to get our identity from what God says because we can't get it from the media or TikTok or Facebook or maybe, you know, you've been in a difficult relationship and... You know, you had somebody speaking negatively into you. We can't get our identity from any of those, but who we can trust is the Lord. And there were a number of scriptures we talked about in Isaiah 44. Uh, this is what the Lord says, how he formed us in our mother's womb and how he'll help us. There was also another scripture in Isaiah 48 that we talked about and so uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast, Wake Up to Who You Are. Um, you know, we can, it's so easy, and I speak from experience, about getting identity in the wrong things. I had gotten some of the places, I had gotten my identity where my parents, um, you know, and I've had, I had good parents. I've also worked for a number of years in social work, and I had people whose parents were in jail. They had had, you know, a dad that abused them, different ways. We can oftentimes get our identity in the wrong things or our accomplishments. Maybe you have a lot of degrees and you have a lot of accomplishments. Um, those things can be, they can be gone. There might be things we do, but that's not who we are. So it is important that we get this, get our identity from who God says that we are. And I read a scripture at the end of the lesson last week in Psalms 8, verses 3 through 5. And that one says, that scripture, if you've got your Bible and want to turn, it's, you know, what is mankind that you are mindful of him in humans? You know, David's asking this question to God, and then he says, that he has made us a little lower than the angels, and he's crowned us with glory and honor. And I shared how that when I read that one morning, that I've just felt like God spoke to my heart, and he said, Kathleen, I've given you a crown, but you don't wear it. And I was like, oh, Lord, you know, I'm so sorry. I never realized that I had a crown, and it began to reshape my thinking of how I thought about myself. And um, I told a little story about how at that point in time I had sold my business and I was um, substitute teaching. 
and I was walking a little class to PE or music or lunch or whatever, and how I was like, Lord, I really want to get this into the fabric of my being. I want to see myself as you see me. And so I pretended that I had a crown. Now, I brought one today. I remembered. But I, you know, if we walk upright, notice how I'm holding my head to keep this crown on, okay? But how many times have you seen someone and you can tell they have low self-esteem because they look down? And, you know, if I were to look down very much, this crown would fall off. And so this is just a visual. A friend of mine gave this to me. Um, just a visual of how God sees what he's given us. His word says he's crowned us with glory and honor. And that word glory means weighty. It means rich. It means valuable. And so I want you to understand how that's how God sees you. You are extremely valuable. And that word glory, when you look at what does it mean in the, the Hebrew language, that's how it translates. He's crowned us because he's the king and we're his kids. When you have a personal relationship with Jesus, when you've invited him to come in and be Lord of your life, then that makes you the son or the daughter of a king. And so if you're, you've got your notes there, our number one, and this is a fill in the blank, the old teacher in me is coming out. God calls me a man or woman of honor. He has crowned me with glory and honor. And when I began to read this passage in Psalms 8, it was a big one for me. When I began to read it, it was like God began to erase some of those lies I had believed. It's like he began to take an eraser and one by one, the different ones that I had believed throughout my life, he began to erase. And here was what was neat. I began to carry myself different. I began to see myself different. And I just wanna encourage you that as you discover who God says you are, that, that wear your crown, wear your crown, because I promise it will help you in your, we learned last week, your joy, your confidence, it makes you secure, and it strengthens, strengthens you. Being God's son or daughter makes you and me a prince or a princess. This is number two, and the blanks you're filling out. Being his son or daughter makes me a prince or a princess, and that makes us royalty when you think about it, and, you know, in our culture, we don't have that, but when you think of England, and, you know, there has been a lot in the news about just the royal family and that sort of thing, we get a new identity when we open up, when we become a child of God, when Jesus becomes our Lord and Savior, we get a new identity. We are the son or daughter of the king. But my problem was I didn't see myself as a princess. I didn't really see myself as anybody special. I looked at my inadequacies. And here's the bad thing. Our actions follow our thinking. Actions 
follow our thinking. So how you think about yourself will, in a lot of ways, determine how you act. And, you know, even, even this week, there was something that happened, and I was real tempted, you know, to do something I shouldn't, and I was like, no, I can't. That's, that's not who I am. You know, I'm a child of the king. And so that's what I'm talking about is our thinking. And hopefully as we jump in, and I'm super excited about this lesson, we're going to see even more from God's word how he sees us. Let's turn, let's turn to 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10 if you want to. And this scripture was another one that I found. And what I'm sharing with you today was really a couple of years of, of my journey of beginning to understand who I, who I was. And 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Right there, it tells us that we are a royal priesthood. Right there. That's what his word says. And we're chosen. We're handpicked and we're chosen for kingdom purposes. So that was, you know, it just, it just concurred, it, it began to strengthen what I had already read about not wearing my crown. And I was like, there it is. I've read that scripture a number of times, but I never had seen the royal priesthood part of it, or it hadn't jumped out to me. Another scripture that was so important was Psalm 103, verse 4. And Psalm 103, verse 4 says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion? And when I read that one morning, it was so helpful. It was like the Lord saying, Kathleen, here's your crown. Here's your crown of love. I love you. I love you just the way you are. I love you enough to help you out of this mess or that mess. I love you enough to help you overcome in this area. And knowing that I had this crown of love, I, I remember, you know, one time walking into a business meeting, and I knew it was going to be a tense meeting. I knew the topic that we were going to be discussing, and I was just a little anxious and concerned and fear, fearful of how it might go, and I didn't like conflict and that kind of thing, but I knew that was a possibility. But as I walked in that day, you know, it was like the Lord said, remember your crown. And so I did. And so I could walk into that meeting with a confidence that, okay, Lord, you're here with me. Your word says you'll be my helper. Your word says that you never forsake me. And so I'm looking to you to help me. So do you see how it began to change just my thinking? You know, that crown of love and compassion, when I was widowed, that scripture became so um, highlighted for me 
because it helped me feel loved. You know, when you've lost, and part of my story is I married my high school sweetheart. We were married 30 years, and then he was gone. And it was easy in that place to not feel loved. You know, the man that had loved me the longest knew me the best. I'd lived with him longer than I'd lived with my parents. He was gone. And so as I was trying to figure out, okay, now who am I? How do I move forward in life? Just knowing it was like the Lord said, Kathleen, I've given you a crown of compassion. I have great compassion on you. I see where you're at. I know this is hard. I know you're picking up the pieces, but I'm going to help you. And I can tell you now, 12 years down the road, God has, God has done that. He has done that. So that's right there. He's given you a crown of compassion. Maybe you're dealing with, you know, a hard relationship. Maybe you're struggling in some capacity or have been abused in some way. God knows where you're at and he's given you a crown of compassion. So number three, um, for those of you that are, that are here with me in person, it says, he has given us a crown. So crown goes in there, a crown of compassion and love, and he wants you and I to wear it. So my question is, did you even know you had a crown of love and compassion? and glory and honor and do you wear it do you wear it if not you can start today that's the good that is the good news um another scripture that that really jumped out to me was deuteronomy 7 and verse 6 and for time's sake i i do have a bible i didn't bring it because for me to turn to all that and have all these papers i'm afraid it would be a mess so i have printed these out for um, for myself, but Deuteronomy seven verse six says, "For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the people on the face of the earth to be His people, His treasured possession. His treasured possession. I love that word." I love that word. How many of you have something you treasure, something that's super special to you? I mean that, you know, if you lost it or you can't find it, your heart just kind of goes, you know, begins to beat. I have several things that are possessions. Uh, I love my pearl ring. I love my pearls. I wear them all the time. It doesn't matter. You know, so there's, there's certain pieces of jewelry, my wedding ring, that, you know, they're very special. They're, my, they're treasured possessions. And just to think that the Lord, that's how he looks at us, as a treasured possession and that we belong to him. That's what he wants us to see ourselves as, as someone that's treasured. And in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 2, it says, For you are a people holy to the Lord. Out of all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord has chosen you, here it is again, to be his treasured possession. I find in scripture where God repeats himself, it's like he's saying, hey, 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 take note. I want you to get this. This is important. I want you to hear it again. You heard it several chapters ago, but take note. I want you to hear it. And my Bible that I study out of, I've got it underlined. I've got things circled. I've got dates by things. I've got it highlighted because it's the Word of God is alive. 
And it's something that we can use in our everyday life. But right there, it tells us that we're chosen. You know how special it makes you feel when you're chosen to do something? I mean, even going back, um, you know, when, as kids, you know, when somebody picked you to be on their team, you know, didn't it kind of make you feel special? You know, it just did. It just did or not. You know, I shared this story of how I was pigeon-toed and had to wear these big clunky shoes and I was overweight as a child and I was frequently the last one picked on the kickball team. Now I could kick that ball, but I couldn't run very fast because of my disability. And you know, it, it did, it stung as a child to be the last one picked. You know, but there have been instances since that time that, you know, I was chosen to do something. And it, it makes you feel special. Right here in God's Word, I hope you leave today knowing that you are chosen by Him and you are His treasured possession. So number four, number four is I am His treasured possession. That's what goes in that blank. You are his treasured possession. I had someone call me not too long ago. They actually were from another country. And this uh, woman had been listening to the podcast. And she emailed me and she said, do you ever do phone consults or conversations? And I emailed her back and said, yeah, I'm happy to meet with you. And she began to share how she was struggling in some ways. And one of the things that she struggled with was cutting herself. And as she began to share about, you know, hurting herself, cutting herself, um, I said, oh, you know, you just haven't discovered who you are yet. But God is going to show you. And I shared with her just how I had some self-hate and how the Lord helped me to call that what it was. And when we realize we've gone astray, and when we realize what God's Word says, you know, when I realized I hadn't seen myself as a treasure possession, I hadn't realized I was part of a royal family, I hadn't realized that I was chosen and dearly loved, and I didn't like my personality, I didn't like my looks, I didn't like, and the list could go on. But when I repented of that and said, Lord, I see where I've gone against your word, and I'm sorry, so please forgive me and help me to see myself as you see me. It began to change so many things in my life. And so it's been neat because that conversation with that woman has been several months ago, and I, we're still in touch with each other. I said, let me know when you're struggling, and let's pray. And it has been just my privilege to see as she's begun to understand who she is and see that. I said, you wouldn't cut somebody else so why would you cut yourself why are you being mean to you there's so many ways the enemy loves to trap us and keep us from being who God's called us to be there's so many different ways and that's where we need the Lord to come in and erase the lies that each and every one of us have believed so that we can believe the truth of his word so let's go now to Romans 9 and 19 and 20 and right here it says but who are you a human being to talk back to God shall what is formed say to the one who formed it 
Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? And one morning when I read that, it was like, wow. You know, because basically what I was telling God, because I didn't like my personality, I didn't like the way I looked, I didn't like, didn't like, didn't like, was that he had made junk. You know, and that's kind of like judging God. It's like, who on earth am I to judge what God says as truth? And so right there in Scripture, you know, you take a... I wish Laura, Laura was here today. She had to be out of town with grandkids. But I know she does pottery. And, you know, you when you're making something, and I think I've done that one time, you can make it something glamorous... Um, or you can make something very useful. And God has each, he's called us each to different things. He's called each and every one of us to different things that he wants us to do in our lives. And so none of us, I don't believe, have the right to say, you know, you made some junk. You know, or I've seen myself as not very valuable or worthy. We, God wants us to embrace who we are and to be who we are because we all have different gifts and different talents. Some people are real outgoing and they're real good people persons. Some people are real detailed persons. Detailed and they can they can really keep things in order. The lady that helps me with the gathering in Kerrville was my assistant was my uh, assistant when I was working at the Christian Women's Job Corps. Totally opposite for me. But I hired her because she was totally opposite from me. And I needed her organization, I needed somebody to help me, I needed somebody, you know, in all those ways. And so we worked, we worked together for, gosh, that was in 2004, I guess, or five, and we're still working together. But we value each other. She don't necessarily want to do the things I do. I certainly know I need some of her skills and organization and that sort of thing. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 42 and verse 1. And it says here in Isaiah 42, 1, it says, Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen one, in whom I delight. You know, there was a time in my life when I was working with someone from out of state. And I was the boots on the ground. I was dealing with stuff. I was seeing what's going on. And I was kept trying to tell um, this woman what was going on, but she wasn't really hearing what I had to say. And there was a lot of criticism, and yet she wasn't really here to really see what I was seeing. And it was hard. You know, have you ever been serving in a capacity and you're misunderstood? That's, it's hard when you feel misunderstood and somebody's just not getting, getting things. And I kept crying out to the Lord. I kept going to the Lord. And Lord, give me your love for this person. Lord, help her to see things from this perspective. Open my eyes, Lord. Um, you know, work things in me, work things out of me. Change my heart, change hers. Just change somebody, you know, because this is getting starting to pull my, I'm going to pull my hair out. You know, you've got to do something. And I'm, you know, very happy to say that the time came and she came to town and she wasn't 
she wasn't on the ground from the airplane six hours and she called me up and she said, oh, we need to talk. I had no idea. But during that time, this was a scripture I held on to, that God had chosen me, that he delighted in me, that he saw my heart when somebody else didn't, and he was there to help me. We read, you know, we read in Isaiah um, last week, and in, in Isaiah, what was it, 41 or 42, I'd have to look. Um, we read about, about how he has, this is what he says, and how he's chosen us, and how he sees, and how he will help us in whatever we're going through. Isaiah 51 that's another passage. I know I'm giving you a lot, and I want to encourage you to take these, and all of them are listed at the top of your paper. Take these and go back and, and read them and see what God wants to show you. He might show you something, something different than he's shown me. But Isaiah, we must see ourselves as he sees us. Isaiah 51, 11, it says, Those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. That is such a powerful promise. And that, I remember one morning when I was widowed reading that passage, and it was such a comfort to me because it was like the Lord saying, I am crowning you with joy. And I was like, yeah, I just don't feel very joyful right now. And I didn't. But realizing that he had given me a crown of joy, and that was his heart, and that, yes, sorrow and sighing seem to be a bigger part of my life than joy, but understanding that it was in his heart that he was going to set me free and walk me out of that dark place was so important and something I hung on to. You know, when there's a scripture and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm taking this one to the bank. You know, sometimes I have written down the date because I've, there's a part of me that's like, I just want to see you make this one happen. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm telling you, missed out and unbelief here, you know, um, guilty, guilty as charged. But I can tell you now, looking back, I have seen so many prayers answered. Some just take longer a longer time than others. But, you know, I take great heart in that, in reading the word, Gideon and Moses both had the same problem I had. They didn't see themselves as God saw them. See, God saw their potential. God saw Gideon's potential, and God saw Moses' potential. And they didn't see, Moses didn't see himself as a deliverer or anybody that was going to bring the, the children of Israel out of Egypt. He didn't see himself like that, but God did. And God began to equip him and show him as he just simply followed God. And Gideon was the same way. I'm going to read this story in um, Judges. It's Judges chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. Oh, well... 12 through 15, actually. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, now mind you, Gideon is hiding, okay? He's scared. He's hiding. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I love what, I love what Gideon says back. He said, 
pardon me, Lord. <laughs> pardon me, excuse me, you must have the wrong person. I think that person, the mighty warrior, is down the road. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why is all this happening to us? How many have ever been in a place and bad things are happening to you? And you're like, well, if God is big and God loves me, then why on earth is he letting this happen? You know, I know I've certainly asked that question a number of times. But, you know, I've learned the longer I live that it's more about, and this is my prayer when there's adversity or there's trouble or there's something I wish God had already fixed like yesterday, and I'm still in it, you know, a number of years down the road. Lord, work things in me and work things out of me. Work things in me, work things out of me. Change my heart in this situation because I don't want to waste the pain. I don't want to waste the adversity. I don't want to waste it. That was my constant prayer when, after I lost my late husband Joe, was, Lord, I don't want to waste this pain. I know I'm not exempt just because I'm a Christian. So work things in me and work things out of me. And my friends that have known me back in that time will tell you I'm a whole different person. And, and, and for the better, um, because I did just partner with God in that process to change things in me. But let's go back to Gideon. Okay, pardon me, O Lord. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is for us, why has this happened to us? See, they were in a battle. They were in a war, and Gideon was hiding. And God calls him a mighty warrior. Don't you love it? It says, where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. And the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, Lord. He does it again. <laughs> you know, I love it. It makes me feel better about myself. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. See, God saw Gideon's potential. He saw that if Gideon would just partner with him, how he would lead them to victory. And that is, that is what happened. But so many of us are just like Gideon. We, 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 we look at our weakness. We look at our inadequacies. We look at these things, and we don't see ourselves with that potential. Um, I'll never forget the day I uh, was asked to speak at a Linton luncheon in uh, Kerrville, and at this church, I think it was a Methodist church, they asked me to come and speak, and I agreed. And so I came, and I was just talking about identity a little bit, and afterwards a woman came up to me, and she said, uh, Kathleen, I really enjoyed what you had to say about identity, and she said, I'd like for you, I'm, I've got an international women's conference, I'd like for you to come to Thailand and share that message. And I said, I'm sorry, where? <laughs> And all I knew was, you know, on the far, far away. And uh, she said, no, I really, I really want you to come to Thailand. I think you have a message, and I want the, the women of Asia to hear that. And I was just like Gideon. I was like, she just really doesn't know me. And I said, Lena, I said, I'm very flattered, but why don't you come and see what I, I do 
you know, at, at work. And I said, I just work with, at that point, it was like 10 women that were coming out of abusive situations and, and trying to put their life back together. And we taught them Bible study. We taught them life skills. We taught them computer skills and helped them prepare a resume. And I said, why don't you come and see, can't you come have lunch with us and kind of see what goes on? See, I, I was like, you don't want me to go to Thailand and speak at an international women's conference. That's a long way away, and that's not really what I do. I just work with these few little women, you know. That's my job. That's what I'm called to. So she came. She humored me. She came, and she had lunch, and afterwards she said, I love what you're doing here. She said, you know, we have something similar that we do over in, in Asia, and she was the head of the Asia-Pacific Alliance Women this group, and she said, I want you to come to Thailand and speak to our women. So I was like, you know, okay. I mean, I felt like I'd done what I could do to show her that I just worked with a small group of people. And she said, uh, I said, I will pray about it. And I'm telling you that God began to open my eyes, and he even provided the finances to go. And I did go over there and had an opportunity to speak in Thailand at that, at that um, international women's conference. And then that led to going to Indonesia and speaking to 450 women. Do you see how I saw myself? And you may be looking at yourself and saying, you know, I'm just a little person and this is all I can do. And, but the Lord has a much bigger vision of you and me than we do. And so one of my constant prayers is, Lord, show me how you see me because I don't want to waste time. I'm 60, about to be 62. I don't, how many years do I have left? Not that many. Over half my life is looked. And I want to go for what's left with all the gusto because I don't have any guarantees about tomorrow. I don't. Um, you know, my husband passed away at 52, and who would have ever thought? We thought he was a picture of health. But I want to go out doing everything God's called me to do. And I've told my three children, I said, when I've done all that God's called me to do, let me go home and be with Jesus. But until that time, I'm not going to just occupy space. I want to make a difference, and I want to do all that God's called me to do. And a lot of times that stretches me beyond my thinking, you know, beyond what I think I'm capable of doing. Um, and, you know, what happens is we sabotage ourselves, which is exactly what the enemy wants to do in our lives because we read last week in John 10.10 10, how Satan has come to kill, steal, and destroy. So if he can kill and steal and destroy your self-worth, your self-image, and then he can keep you from doing the things that he's called you to do, from loving the people he's called you to love, from making... A difference in the world around you. Okay, so moving on, number five in your in your um, notes that we're taking: never let others' negative perception of you govern you. Why? Why should we not believe the negative? Maybe somebody said, you're stupid, you're dumb, you'll never amount to anything. Or, you know, you made a huge mistake. That's when we just, we kind of stop, you know, but go back to who God says we are. Because when we believe a lie, <clears throat> and that's what you're going to fill in, 
we empower the liar. We've read today some powerful scriptures of who God says we are, who he says we are. Do we make mistakes? Absolutely. Does that mean that it's over and done with? No. God is dusting us off, off saying, get back up, and let's, let's move forward. I remember <clears throat> one time, um, one time <clears throat> my husband said something, and it hurt my feelings. Has anybody, has anybody ever hurt your feelings? Not the only one. And I was like, Lord, you know, reveal truth to me. Lord, what degree of truth is in this? And in this situation, I felt like God showed me. He said, he said, you know, there's about 10% of that that's truth. The other 90% just push away, but let's you and me work on the 10%. You know, and I was good with that. I was good with that because somebody would say, you always, you know, whatever, um, mess up dinner, you know, or whatever. I can't think of anything right now. Well, how many times does that really happen? You know, and do you see how we can get our identity in negative or positive things? And years ago, I began, I took a class. It was an on, more of an online class with a group of, of people. And one of the things, as we were discovering identity, and this was so powerful because this was, the Lord had started showing me who I was in my 30s. But here I was in my 50s and, and was widowed, and I was trying to figure out who I was now and how to move forward in life. And one of the things we had to do was write identity statements. And I was like, oh my goodness, that just sounds like astronomical. I just can't even think of that. And, um, <clears throat> but the Lord began to show me as I would sit quietly in the morning and say, Lord, how do you see me? Give me a fresh vision, give me a concise, because what we had to do, it's kind of like a college course, we had to write a concise statement. But as I sat and just learned to listen and learn to, you know, we can commune with God, we can have relationship with Him, it's just like a person. And if you do all the talking all the time with another person, then they're really not going to want to, you know, after a while, listen, because they never get to say a word. A good relationship, you listen, you talk, you, let, you hear what the other person has to say, you consider it. And so as I was learning in that time and season to learn to listen to God, one of the identity statements that he gave me, and this is what these statements, and I'm going to read you just some of these that I did, and I, I just want to encourage you to take time to sit quietly with the Lord and say, ask him, do you have an identity statement for me? How do you see me? Show me. And then I want you to write down, because he's a God that loves relationship, and he loves to speak to us. Sometimes I think we're just too busy talking, you know. Here's my prayer list. Here's my this. Here's my that. You know, here's what I, you know. And the Lord wants us to just spend time. One of my favorite things in the morning is to get my little coffee or my hot tea. And I usually have maybe just a candle lid or a small lamp. And um, just sit on my couch and just be with God. You know, and I just sit there for a while before I start to pray, before I start to read, before I start to do anything. Because I do want to hear what he has to say. Anyway, one of my identity statements that he gave me 
This is the very first one, and it governs my life. I am a woman of significance and influence called to bring the supernatural power of God into broken lives. I know that that is who I am. And these things are things I pull out when adversity comes, life rocks my boat, or things I remind myself. It's like I preach to myself sometimes. I need to hear it again. But I've got a whole list. I have another one. I'm a bold daughter of the King of Kings, establishing my Father's kingdom here on earth. You know, I shared just how I didn't like my personality. I wanted to be one of those, you know, quiet little girls, and it just wasn't going to happen. And the Lord said, I've made you bold, and I've made you strong because I've called you. That's how I've made you, and I've called you to do things that, you know, you just worry. Don't worry. You worry about everybody else and being like them. You worry about Kathleen. One of my other, other identity statements um, is I'm an overcomer that lives from the inside out. And that was one that God gave me when I had was going through, my late husband was battling cancer, was somehow, because there were a number of scriptures, and that's a whole different lesson about being an overcomer, but the Lord showed me, Kathleen, you're an overcomer. Now live from the Spirit of God inside of you, not from your exterior circumstances. Too many times we can be caught up in our circumstances versus living out of the Spirit of God inside of us. And, you know, uh, another one of my identity statements is, I am a vibrant cheerleader to others, full of joy and peace, totally secure and free. You know, so take time to sit with the Lord and see what He might have to speak to you because it's as we seek him as we believe the truth of his word and you may want to write this down I don't think I put this in your notes but as we number one seek him and his word as we believe that word as we choose to believe what his word says God I choose to believe it now change my thinking as we practice it Practice is the third word, and just be. Just be. He just wants you to be you. He created you. He chose you. Your royalty, your treasured possession, that's the truth from the Word of God. But so many times, life circumstances tries to get us to believe otherwise. Maybe you've been through a divorce, and it was nasty, you know, and that person really stripped you of your value and your worth. God's saying, let me, let me erase those lies. Let me show you who you are. Let me raise you up and put that crown back on your head so you can go forth in glory and honor. We can't, you know, you can't help others see their value until you understand your own. And people that devalue or put other people down are people that don't know who they are. And so it's what they do is to be, make themselves feel better about themselves. They put you down and try to stand on top of you. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Come up. Be the royalty I've called you to be. 
Those days are gone. You've learned a new truth. You've learned a new way of living. But wounded people wound other people. And the Lord wants to heal in your heart. He wants to heal those wounds. And he wants to open your eyes to see yourself as he sees you. Proverbs 31, I love this scripture, verse 25. Here's another good one. It talks about a virtuous woman. I'm sure it's for men too, but it's this whole Proverbs 31 is about a woman, virtuous woman. And here's what 31:25 says. This one's worth underlining and circling and all that, highlighting. It says, strength and dignity are her clothes, and she laughs at the days to come. Isn't that powerful? That's what God has for you and me. That strength and dignity be what we wear. Each one of us chooses every day what we're going to wear. What we're going to wear to the gym, what we're going to wear to the Bible study, what we're going to wear to dinner. We get to choose what we're going to wear. Now, sometimes we get those clothes out and they don't fit like they used to. (laughs) And we need to go shopping for new clothes. But that's what God wants to clothe you in is strength and dignity. He's here today to restore your dignity and your value and to make you strong. And that woman that clothes herself with strength and dignity, she can laugh at the days ahead. My word, we have so much we could be troubled by in today's world. But you know what? You and I don't have to fear when we walk with God and when we partner with Him because... He says right here, strength and dignity. He's going to give us the strength that we need for whatever comes. And we can laugh. We can find joy in the days to come because we know who we walk with and that we're never alone. It's like the Lord saying, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, Kathleen, I'm right here. Number six, understanding how God feels about you and how you feel about him are the two most important things in life. It is the source of our identity and security. Girls, when crisis comes, that's what we hang on to. And that's why it's important that we understand who we are from God's perspective. And do you know in the Bible it says, God calls us his beloved and says that we're dearly loved 110 times. That's a lot. Again, when God repeats himself, that he's trying to say, get a, get a hold of this. But we're dearly loved by him. And in Song, Song of Solomon, Song of Solomon verse six, or chapter 6, verse 3 says, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. That right there means you belong. You belong. You may not be married, but you belong. Too many times I've seen women get their identity from their husbands. And God's saying, no, wake up. I want you to get your identity in who I say you are. Romans 1 verse 7 says that we are beloved of God and called to be saints. That's how God feels about you and me. He loves us 100% unconditionally. He loves us, not for what we do. We're not human doings. 
We're human beings. Human beings. And see, I got my identity for so much of my life out of what I did. And God's saying, no, just be you. Just be you. And he wants us to live as his much-loved child. Um, when the Lord was showing me some of this, my nephew, my sister, I have a sister that's 15 and a half years younger than I am. And um, she has a son that's now a senior in high school, but he was a little boy. He was about two. And uh, so he, they were here. She's a missionary. And they were here. And so I was really looking forward to having some time with Taylor. And so I put Taylor in the Jeep. I borrowed my son's Jeep, put that little car seat in there. And Taylor's just riding in the back of that Jeep. We are having a blast. And he's just singing and smiling. And I'm looking in the rearview mirror and I'm trying to, you know, check on him and everything as we're driving along. And it was like God just showed me. He said, that child doesn't have a care in the world. He's just having a great day because he's with his Aunt Kathleen. And he's in a Jeep. I mean, boys love Jeeps, you know. And the Lord said, that's how I want you to live as my much-loved child. See, Taylor knew he was loved by his mom and dad. He knew that he was loved by me because I gave him so many presents and just doted over him and, and everything. And that's how God wants you and I to live, is each day as his much-loved child. Not, con not a conditional love where if you, you know, mess up, you're in trouble and you have to go into to time out. Yeah, we make mistakes, but when we do make mistakes, that's where we repent or that's where God comes and picks us up, picks us up, dusts us off, says, I forgive you, get back in the race. And that's what he says to each and every one of us. And it's as we do that that we can then help other people discover their value and worth. For those of you that are, that are um, you know, maybe you work and you have people you work around. Maybe you're a mom and you're raising preschoolers and you're just trying to live through that. You know, maybe you've got grandkids. God has us all at different places in our life, but we have such an opportunity to help those that are in our sphere of influence understand who they are. And when I was working in high school, at the high school, and I would have kids that would misbehave, I would usually take them out in the, call, in the hall, and I would say, okay, you have a choice. Here's a pink slip, or I'm going to give you a mama lecture and talk to you just like you, I would if you were one of my kids. Well, they would take the mama lecture because they didn't want to go to the principal's office. And I would, I would call them up, and I would say, this is how I see you. You know, you're called to, you're called in whatever it was that I saw in them, their potential, the good in them, the good in them. And I said, you can't act like that. You can't act like that because that's not who you really are. You've chosen and made a wrong choice, but that's not who you are. And that's what God does to us. He wants to call us up, not out. Isaiah 43, verse 4, it says, since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you. I love that passage because no matter what we've done wrong, no matter how bad we've messed up, God looks at us with affection. 
God looks at you and me with affection. You know, and it's just like my kids or my grandkids. We've got eight grandkids. And I just look with them with affection. Do they get in time out? Yeah, sometimes, sometimes that happens. But there's also a good little talking to, and I just affirm how much I love them. And because I want to help them move forward in life, I want them to, I don't want to crush their spirits. I want to call them up and show them the right right ways to do things. It's time for us to be confident in who we are and who God wants to be for us. You are his son or his daughter. You have favor with him and you're dearly loved. And number seven, you are precious, honored, and loved. And I want to close, I want to close with a statement made by a man named Bill Johnson. He's written a number of books, really good books, but one of the things he says in one of his books was royalty, and that's, that goes number eight, royalty is my identity, servanthood is my assignment, and intimacy is my life source. And that's that intimacy with God. It's being close to Him. It's, it's talking to Him throughout the day. You don't have to just sit down and get on your knees and pray. I pray all day long. I drive, I pray, you know, drive into Kerrville, drive into Uvalde, driving down 90, you know, passing the border patrol and crazy going on in this world and praying for them and their their wives and their and their families. We can pray anytime, anywhere. You know, see somebody that looks downcast at the store, you know, and Lord bless that person. Lord help them to see themselves as you see them. I don't feel like I have to stop and do everything, but I can take somebody to the Lord at any time. At any time. I want to close in prayer. And yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. And I was getting the last part, and I kept saying, you know the first part, you know the first part. And after a while it came, and it goes like this, gravely blessed, highly favored, imperfect but forgiven child of God. Oh, that is good. I think you said us that message. That's true. <laughs> That's good. Thank you so much for sharing that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word that's rich. That Lord is rich in showing us who we are in you. And Father, I just pray that you would just bring these scriptures to our remembrance. Lord, let, let us engrave them on our hearts, God, and always remember how you see us as chosen, dearly loved, your treasured possessions, royalty. God, change our thinking about ourselves. Lord, show us who we are in you. Show me, God, 
for where I am in life, for where I'm going, and show each one of my friends. Lord, erase any lies we've believed. And Lord, in its place, Lord, just bring us the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Kathleen Maxwell Randy with The Gathering, bringing God into everyday life. And I appreciate you joining me today. Let me encourage you to not just listen, but partner with God and practice what he speaks to you. For more information about me, published newspaper articles, to contact me to speak in your area or purchase my new book, Thriving Through Seasons of Grief, visit my website at www.kathleenmaxwellrandy.com. This podcast reaches around the world with listeners in 27 countries thanks to the one-time and monthly gifts from people just like you. If you want to give, simply click the button that says Become a Patron or Patronage at the top of the podcast. And don't forget to click the follow button and you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. And leave me a comment. Enjoy the podcast.